Welcome back to another episode of B2B Zero to 10, a podcast focusing on helping bootstrap business owners on their zero to 10 growth journey. I'm your host, Brett Trainer. Today, I welcome Sean Rosensteel back to the podcast. Sean is a digital marketing advisor for small businesses, and he and I talk about the ways digital marketers rip off or take advantage of business owners and what you can do about it so it doesn't happen to you. Sean is passionate about this pursuit as he happened to be ripped off at one of his companies. Understandably, he's on a mission to make sure it doesn't happen to other business owners. Sean also shares a framework all business owners can and should be using when exploring digital marketing investments. This is a must listen if you're not seeing the ROI out of your marketing spend. And as a favor, if you listen to this podcast, please do subscribe on iTunes or hit the follow button on Spotify and share it with other business owners you think would get some value out of the podcast. I appreciate it. Now, let's get the interview started. Hey, Sean, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Now, it's great to have you. You now are officially the second three-time member to appear on the podcast. So welcome back. I'm honored. I'm honored. I will encourage folks to go back and listen to your other episodes. Highly worth it. But for the folks that haven't heard you yet, why don't you give them just a little bit about your background and, and what you're working on today? Yeah. Well, you know, there's so many business out there, business owners out there who don't know how to use digital marketing, right? To, to generate more leads, to ultimately grow their companies. So I founded Savvy Pro Web, and we've created a fr- proven framework that helps these business owners so they can stop getting burned and taken advantage of, and they can start generating more leads, start incre- increasing their credibility online, and ultimately start achieving the, the positive returns they deserve on their marketing investments. Yeah, no, it's it's so important. And I think that's why it's so important to get you back on, on the podcast. And prior to this, you had sent me kind of a menu of, I believe it was nine ways that digital marketers rip off business owners. And I wanted to have you on to, to talk about that today. But first, maybe just share with the audience why this is so important to you. Yeah. So I started my first business shortly after school. And in an attempt to grow the company, I made a big investment. And I hired someone who I think took advantage of, of my ignorance, for, for lack of a better word. And that one decision ultimately led to my bankruptcy a few short years later. So it was a big gamble. It was a big risk. Uh, I thought it was, you know, I thought I was doing the right thing at the time. But in hindsight, there were alternative options that were way less expensive, that were way more relevant to my unique needs at the time. So when my business went under and I went bankrupt, I had to pivot. And the only thing that I knew how to do um, was build and market websites at the time. So my wife and I actually started Savvy Pro Web. I think it was 13 years ago. And the more and more we got into helping clients who, who are typically business owners, you know, one to $10 million companies, small business owners, the more and more I saw that same pattern. You know, I, I, I have a bank of horror stories. Every time I talk to a prospect, it feels like I get you know, one more story of, of this experience they had where they were recommended a solution that really wasn't a good fit or that they overpaid for something like a, a website or some email marketing help or, you know, whatever it was. Um, so I really have a passion for helping owners, you know, avoid walking into buzzsaws with digital marketing, because ultimately 
it's a digital first economy, as we both know, as we both have talked about. And it's really hard these days, I think, to to gain that credibility and increase those leads and ultimately grow the company in a very sustainable, predictable way if you're not a little bit in the know with digital marketing. You certainly don't have to be an expert at it. I mean, most business owners are experts at running their companies and they're experts at the services they provide, the people they manage, all of those responsibilities. And a lot of the business owners we work with don't necessarily have a director of marketing, so to speak. They may have a marketing assistant, but ultimately they're the visionaries of the company. They drive the culture. They're really responsible for the message that goes out to those ideal prospects and they need help. And they're having a really hard time finding good help. Yeah, no, I think that's really well said. And uh, yeah, we talk about digital first, right? That's where you're going to find your prospects. It's <laughs> you're not going to meet them in the street. Or they're just not going to walk by a storefront very often anymore. So it's important. And then part two, why I think this is so important is most of these businesses that we work with and target don't have huge budgets. So you really have to get it right. And I, I don't know if we've shared this before, but I did actually run a digital agency 12 years ago, right? Right when, you know, mail list started to move online to digital. And even then it was, it was complicated. And I've been out of that for a while and rely on experts like you at, at this point, but being digital, that's how we're going to grow our business, not having a, a ton of money. So it's, you can't make those mistakes and you're right. There's just so many different ways uh, you can get yourself in trouble, thus <laughs> the nine ways, right, in, in how to work around it. So um, I think a good place to start is we won't go through all nine. We want the folks to go download your free uh, PDF that you've created is let's talk through a couple of the most common ones you see and, and what should we be doing to, to, uh, to avoid falling into those traps? Sure. Well, I think I think probably the one that that hurts the most is, you know, they by the way, I think disclosure up front is I don't think all digital marketers are bad. There's a lot of really incredible, very talented, very honest and trustworthy digital marketers out there. I think it's one of those problems, Brett, where it's like when you when you use a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Right. Yeah. So if 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 I decide to specialize in Twitter ads, I'm trying to sell Twitter ad services to, <laughs> to prospects. And if you come to me and I'm, I'm a one trick pony and all I've got is Twitter ads, I'm going to try to convince you that Twitter ads are the right fit. I'm going right. to try to convince you that all of your audience, all of your potential, you know, your target markets on Twitter. Well, you know, newsflash, they're not <laughs> right. Newsflash, they're most likely not. And even if they were, that's probably not the most warm place to, to market to those people. But I think that's what's going on oftentimes is. A lot of us digital marketers, we tend to specialize. We're all being told to specialize. So we specialize in one marketing channel or another. It, it's kind of like going to a, a, the Nissan dealership. If I'm in the market for a new car and I go to the Nissan dealership, that person who's on commission is only paid. He can only feed his family when he moves Nissan cars. Correct. If and when he hears about what I'm looking for and right across the street, there's a Toyota, there's a perfect product sitting on the lot that's exactly what I need. What are the chances he's going to say, Hey, you know what, let me send you over to our competitor. So I think that's what's going on. Again, I don't think all digital marketers are, are intentionally trying to rip us business owners off. I think it's a lack of perspective. And I think it's a matter of a lot of them use one hammer right. and they view because of that, they view everything 
looking like a nail, right? So it's more of a, a perspective issue than a dishonesty or a lack of integrity issue. So I think it's important to, to be aware of that. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because you're right. There are specialists, right? We all, not all of us, I mean, as we've talked before, B2B growth is very nuanced, right? There is no one size fits all. And one channel or platform that's working today may not work tomorrow. So it is important to figure out and again, having a little bit of no, but this market's changing quickly. And I think it was good clarification. I think most people are out there trying to do the right thing and not rip people off. It just yep. may not be the right fit for your business. And they sit, they sell a one size fits all versus kind of finding where that, that niche opportunity is. So that's right. That's right. Okay. So I think, I think the, the, the biggest way that they can, rip us off, so to speak, is that they'll throw, they'll throw money out. They'll throw your money out the window faster than you will. <laughs> and I think a lot of digital marketers aren't trained and they're not wired like a business owner who may look at time and money as an investment. So here are the, here's what it's going to cost. Here, here's the fee. Here are the ongoing fee. Here's all this stuff. And I think what a lot of them unfortunately fail to do is tie it back to what is the return on the business owner's investment? I mean, everything we do, we tie it back to is, is the client going to get something out of this or not? If the chances are that they're not, then we, we won't recommend it. And, and, and if you're not going to get a return on something, you probably shouldn't move forward with it. Right. Branding, which we don't do a lot of, is a whole different story. It's really hard to tie back. You know, if you spend $10,000 on a logo, what's the ROI? Your guess yeah. is as good as mine. So there's certain components of marketing where we may invest money in, but not necessarily know it's more of a qualitative sort of a thing versus a quantitative sort of a thing. There's, we have clients who value their branding so highly that they spend tens of thousands of dollars on caricatures of their staff of 50. Right. Personally, I don't get it. I don't value branding as much as that client does, but you know, they're, at least their eyes wide open going into that saying, we may never know the numbers on this investment, but it's so important to us that we don't mind investing that money in it. Yeah, that's such a good point. And maybe you can help clarify because one of the things, right, the age old marketing question as well, attribution, right? How do I know that this ad did this? And one of the things obviously we've moved away for and we talked about on the last episode is, you know, creating that awareness for your brand, which I guess ties back to branding. But to your point, it's not a, a logo that's driving it. It's, it's just getting people familiar with the problem that you're solving for them. And that's going to take money and most of the time to create that that awareness. So how should an owner be thinking about that, knowing that, hey, if somebody comes in and said, hey, yeah, we can do, you know, $10,000 Facebook ads that are going to get drive this much revenue. Maybe they've got a transaction based business, but what's a better way to think about the framing that when they're meeting with a potential marketer? Well, I think it's always a best practice to ask the marketer, especially the digital marketer, right? That's why I'm, that's why I'm so passionate about digital marketing is you have, you have transparency into the data. There's no excuses. You should know what you're getting. It's not like spending 50 grand a quarter on a billboard on the side of the highway. And you know, there's hundred thousand cars a day. It's like, well, great, but what's that really doing? What's it really bringing in? Digital marketing is very, very quantitative. So it's one of the things I love. So I think that every business owner, when they're looking to invest money in anything related to digital marketing, I mean, literally, whether it's a messaging strategy that they're going to put in their email signature or their LinkedIn profile, their, their bio, or if it's their website, 
or if it's a lead generator on their website, or um, if it's an email marketing campaign, I mean, anything under the sun, they should always ask, hey, what is my potential return on my investment here? And if the digital marketer doesn't respond with a confident answer, you should probably run for the hills because it's indicating that they're not really looking out for your bottom line, like, like I believe they should be. They're looking out for their own and their own only, right? Right. Yeah, no, it, it makes sense. Um, all right, so that I was trying to look back at the the menu set. I mean, we kind of covered a few in in one uh, one tip, but I think that ma- that makes sense. So the other one I see more and more of is the technology piece, right? You have to have the latest marketing automation tool and do all these things in order to. I'm not on that bandwidth, but I'd love to get your perspective on, do I need the latest technology in order to run digital marketing effectively? And if not, then, you know, how do I think about it? Yeah. So, so I think another way is they will recommend a more expensive technology that you don't need. Right. And I think they're, so I'm a less is more kind of a guy. We have a very, uh, keep it simple culture, so to speak. And I like I grew up and my dad always taught me that complexity was the enemy of success. I hate complexity. I mean, there's times for it. There's times where complexity may benefit you, but especially when you run a business, you know, you want to streamline everything at all times. You want to simplify everything at all times to keep that running consistently and profitably and everything else. So we treat digital marketing the same way. I think that there's two reasons why a lot of digital marketers recommend expensive technology don't need. The first component of that, if we unpack it, is affiliations. A lot of us digital marketers have an affiliate agreement with these technology companies. So we have a bias. That that creates a bias in the way that we recommend technology. So for example, and and we don't, but if, 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 if we have if we have an affiliate agreement with HubSpot marketing, the marketing and CRM, right? If they're gonna pay us 20% commissions on all businesses, uh, on all business we close or all clients that we register, and the client comes to us and says, hey, I have a very minimal budget. Um, I'm not, all I'm looking to do is do some email marketing. And um, I've got a list of about 200 people. We might be more biased. We might be more prone to recommend HubSpot at $299 a month or whatever it might be with all these bloated features that the client doesn't really need versus like a MailChimp for $9 a month for up to 500 contacts. That would be the perfect solution for that client right? because we have an affiliate agreement, because there's an affiliation in place. So a lot of digital marketers rely on affiliate commissions. So, of course, they're going to recommend technology they're partnered with. It's going to put more money in their pockets. We see that happen quite a bit. Countless times we've worked with clients that are like, hey, gosh, we spent like tens of thousands of dollars on this Salesforce implementation. None of our team uses it. We haven't done anything with it in 18 months. What do we do? It's like, we'll cancel it immediately. You know, what are you bleeding out every month? $4.99 $4.99 a month, get rid of it. Right. You haven't done anything, just you know, cut your loss, cut your losses. There's a more affordable solution out there. So why do digital marketers recommend expensive technology you don't need? Part one or component number one is if there's affiliations out there. 
So we always recommend that you always ask as the business owner in search of a solution when you're talking with the digital marketer and they make a, rec a technology recommendation, you always ask whether or not that person or that company has an affiliation with whoever it is they're recommending. You would that hope there'd be full disclosure, right? That they tell you up front that sure. that's the case, but I'm sure. guessing yeah. that's probably not always the case. Not always the case. So that's component number one. Component number two is main, like ongoing hosting and maintenance fees. And this one really drives me up the wall because so many digital marketers recommend WordPress as a website technology. Now, WordPress drives a ton of the web. I can remember we used to use this technology ourselves. We used to provide clients with websites on this platform, on WordPress. And this is a few years ago, I had the good fortune of, of being asked to write for Forbes.com on their entrepreneurial column. And I was, I, I was logged into a client site and I was logged into the Forbes.com backend and they were both WordPress. They looked exactly the same. And I can remember I went to the posts section of my client site, expecting to see all my blog posts on Forbes. I'm like, those aren't my, what's going on? Am I logged in to Forbes as someone else, as a different contributor? Yeah. I don't recognize any of This isn't even the entrepreneurial column. And then I realized, oh my gosh, this is, and then my client was a, they were a CPA firm. And I'm like, holy cow, something's wrong here. My client, the CPA firm has about a thousand visitors a month on a really good month. Forbes.com has millions of visitors every month. Like, why are we using the, the same, same, why are we prescribing that same technology? Yeah. So here's why that happens. Marketers use robust website platforms because two reasons, they're very expensive to host. So they can charge you 50, 100 to $300 a month. Even though you have a hundred people a month on your website, they can charge you big fees because it's expensive to host. Number two is it requires a ton of maintenance. So they generate a lot of revenue through ongoing maintenance fees. It needs to be regularly updated, patches installed. There's a ton of vulnerability there because it's what's called open source. So meanwhile, there's other website platforms like a Squarespace, for example, and it's just as good, it's just as powerful, it's just as robust as a WordPress. The difference is it kind of removes the digital marketer from even being a necessity in the equation because the business owner has a direct relationship with Squarespace. They charge you 120 bucks a year, 140 bucks a year. It comes with award-winning design templates that you can fully modify to your liking. It comes with uh, you know, secure host. They're a publicly traded company. Right. So you're hosted in the same containers as you know millions of other businesses. If they're service goes down. Their stock's in trouble. They've got shareholders to answer to. And it's, you know, it's, it includes bank level security. I mean, how in the world can you beat that? It's literally moving from WordPress to Squarespace for your website platform as a business owner is like moving from a 1978 Mercedes-Benz diesel E-Class that leaks oil all over the floor to a brand new Tesla Model S. Oil changes are non-existent. Right. And just to, to I don't know, say pile on piggyback off that, because I think you and I had that first conversation and I just had always believed like everybody else that, you know, WordPress has got better SEO. It's easier. And since that conversation, I've already started looking at migrating <laughs> off of WordPress or at least building a couple of the new sites in, in Squarespace, because because your point, 
I can move around, you know, WordPress a little bit and update some of the text, but I don't even know my, I don't even know how to get into my other website <laughs> right. to make the changes. So, you know, I think it's just, and I don't know if it's WordSpace or just the, at one point it was the SEO engine, but now. I, Brett, I, Brett, I love you. WordSpace, WordSpace. see, oh. I love you. That's fantastic. <laughs> You're like me. You're like me. Yeah. I'm like, just, awesome. I just want it to work. Keep it simple. Right. I can update it. Right. Or somebody else. But anyway, yeah. a little bit of well, a that, that, that's why we recommend SquarePress. No. <laughs> <laughs> now we're really confusing. The uh, audience here. <laughs> they know what I meant. WordPress. WordPress. We all know Jesus, what you meant. Man. And we're uh, full, so, uh, full disclosure, recording this on Friday morning. It's been a long week. So <laughs> it's been a week. It's been uh, a week. Anyway, so I think didn't mean to take knows, you. Everybody knows what we're talking about. So, yeah. so another way they could they can rip you off, and I hate to use those strong words, but it's true. Pay for another something way, that you don't need. Yeah, you pay for something you don't need. You know, you get you get prescribed this you know unbelievable solution, and all you need is just a little thumbtack. You know, yeah. So. And I think it, it's a good segue into a, the third way that we can talk about. And this is non-techie. It's not talking about platforms or anything like that. But a lot of these digital marketers, they don't, they don't help you define what success looks like for you. And then they don't hold you accountable to it. Yeah, so, I thought this was an interesting one. I, I wanted you to dig into this. It's interesting. I mean, it makes yeah. sense, but I hadn't thought of that. So, so we all, you know, we, 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 we we have a problem and we we go to seek out a solution and i think it's really important that we clarify what success looks like so for example if you're a business owner and your website you know hasn't been updated since 2002 and you're a little bit embarrassed and you're unsure and you're like locked out of it cuz that vendor you once used is no longer doing what they're doing and you have no control <laughs> right you're intimidated you're frustrated you're feeling a little vulnerable Let's say you went out and you talked to a digital marketer, that digital marketer should be asking you, what do you want out of this? Like, how do we define success as it relates to this project we're about to embark on together? And you might say, well, you know what? We just need an online brochure. Like, we just need to update, you know, this is like an online brochure for us. We're out there in the field talking about what we do. And we really need our website to back up the claims that we make to, to kind of like improve credibility um, and make sure that when people do their due diligence, when prospects do their due diligence online, we, we look professional, we look good. Or you could say, you know what, we want to go on offense. We're trying to grow the business this year and we really want to start leaning into digital marketing as a vehicle for, for generating more leads for our company. Whatever success looks like for you, you should clarify that. And the marketing partner you're working with should also be in the know and also help you clarify what that looks like. I rarely see that happen because a lot of times business owners don't know what they want. A lot of us don't. What, what do you actually, well, I don't really know. I've, I've never been asked that. I've never thought about, it. well, I want a website. No, you don't. You don't want a website. You know, that that's, that's a means to an end. What do you really want? Why do you want it? Why do you want this? Why do you think you need a website? What's wrong? What's going on? What's triggered this event? What does this website need to do? Like, what do you want to get out of your new website? And let's just say, for example, we want to generate more leads. Well, great. Well, there's something called project scope, and we all know what that means. And a lot of these marketers say yes to just about anything. 
I mean, we rarely say yes. We're, we're jerks in that sense, Brett. Like nine times out of 10, we tell the client, no, we, we throw ideas back over the wall and say, that's phase two, you know, wait, wait, wait. You know, we've clearly defined phase one, what this looks like. We know what the right. su success is and we have to stay the course because if we say yes to everything you throw at us, this thing will last six months. It'll never get done. The project timeline is going to get pushed. We've all been there. So once you define success, you know, let's say it's generate more leads, you've got to be held accountable to that. Every decision being made along the way over that 30 day period that the project lasts, if you're building a website or three months, whatever it takes. Hey, I think we want to do this. Or what about this idea? It's like, does that move us closer to generating more leads, which is our bullseye, or does it move us further away? So someone needs to hold you as the business owner accountable to what it is you want. Because a lot of us business owners, we have 99 ideas a week. Right. Usually it's that one good one a week. It's going to take the company to the moon, but we're visionaries by nature. So someone needs to be there kind of guiding us along the way and holding us accountable and remind, you know, bringing us back to that initial vision, bringing us back to what that success initially looked like and, and was defined as, which is, oh, yeah, I want to generate more leads. And I say, I just I think you're you're absolutely right. And I think having that, I don't know, call it an accountability partner, if you will, right, that it's more of a collaboration. You know, you and I have talked about the outsource versus or delegate versus a partners. And I I'm definitely all in on the partner and collaborative approach to these types of things. And it has to work for both both parties. And I, I do hope that we're heading more towards that. But that's why you're on here, because not everybody's is taking that approach. And um, I do want to cover one more one more of these topics um, or the, the, the ways to get ripped off, because then you've also I want to talk about the framework that you share with folks that they can apply today. So I think it's important to leave them with that. But the one I wanted to dig into a little bit is they won't guarantee their work. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if I've heard a lot of them that do guarantee the, their work or maybe you don't ask. So, you know, kind of want you to spend a little bit of time on that one. Sure. Yeah, we're, we're very passionate about this one. Um, and you're right. I mean, it's it's very rare that that anyone's going to guarantee their work at this point. But let's say, you know, I think there's this this issue that the the worldwide, you know, WWW, like in my mind, it doesn't stand for a worldwide web. It stands for a wild, wild west. We are an unregulated market. There's hardly any compliance. Now, there, there as you know, I mean, with GDPR, like there are some bodies, government initiatives that are starting to crack down a bit, which is probably a good thing overall, I think, big picture. But we're highly unregulated, right? Can you like imagine, uh, imagine paying, you know, imagine your furnace or your, your, your AC goes out and you pay two, 300 bucks for a trip charge. You know, the, the guy comes out and he supposedly fixes your unit and he leaves and 30 minutes later, the heat or the AC goes out again. That company is most likely going to come back and fix, fix whatever it was that happened. Right. They're going to get, they're not going to recharge you two, 300 bucks for another trip, trip charge. Right. They're gonna be like, Oh my gosh, we're, you know, we apologize. Let, let us come right back. Unfortunately, in the digital marketing uh, arena, there's a lot of marketers and a lot of agencies that aren't guaranteeing their work. There are so many times where we speak with a prospect for the first time and they said, hey, we hired this company or this person to do our website. It's been three, four, six months. It's long overdue. 
we haven't even seen it or we have seen it and we hate it. And they're just literally not communicating with us anymore. <laughs> it's a now, it, now it takes two to tango, right? So some of that is on the business owner because oftentimes these digital marketers require too much time from the business owner. A lot of business owners, you know, they're on the one yard line with their website, for example, they want to pass the ball to a competent marketer who can take it 98 yards down the field and call them in when they're at the one in the other, in the enemy's red zone. And once they approve that, that, that person can punch it over the end, end zone for six points. So unfortunately, a lot of digital marketers aren't empathetic towards the business owner's time and they just require way too much of it. And eventually the business owner's like, I, I just can't do it. You know, they need all this feedback, all this stuff and the emails stack up, the voicemail stack up, scheduled meetings are missed because they're just simply not a priority. Right. I think digital marketers have to remember that business owners are spinning a million plates. They've got the pressure of the world on their shoulders, the pressure of the business, the employees, the payroll, the overhead, the insurance, their families, their spouses, their, I mean, you know, yeah. in my mind, entrepreneurs are the heroes of this country, right? So I think there's not enough empathy for that. And at times they're spread thin. Yeah. And most times they are. So what happens is I get these calls and, you know, projects run late, et cetera, et cetera. Well, when that sort of thing happens, it's my opinion, and that's all it is. It's my opinion that investments should be returned. They should be refunded, especially when it's the fault of the agency or the digital marketer. If it's on them, we should get our money back. Yeah, 100%. Um, but it's obviously hard to do, right? right? But there's a lot of service-based businesses out there that are more traditional, that are more formal, that are more regulated, that offer guarantees or commitments or promises or pledges. You know, like if you're in the financial services world, of course, you're going to be, you know, put behind bars if you offer a guarantee. You can't offer it, but you can right. at least offer a, a commitment to your clients, a commitment. fiduciary pledge. Uh, or, so yeah. or, or, I'm sorry, Sean, you're on a roll. I just wanted to clarify. You're right. You don't, you may not, even in the market, you may not say, I'm not going to get you 500 Facebook leads or whatever the thing, but you're, you're guaranteeing the partnership and the work and you write the results that you talked about. Right. So don't, Right. Not pie in the sky type of aspirational stuff, but if you set the right expectations, right, and you can deliver against those expectations. Now, I'm a hundred percent, and I didn't mean to to step on you there, <laughs> but I just want to make sure folks know that you're not guaranteeing you're going to get X number of dollars from these leads. It's just more guaranteeing the work that you're doing to help them move their business forward. That's correct. Yeah, I mean, we offer a guarantee in in the our work product and the quality of our service and the quality of the work we provide. And what's neat is if you can figure out a way to do that, it, it's amazing what happens. I mean, more consistency is created, more quality control, you know, quality control increases dramatically. I mean, my entire team, and we have a very small team, but my entire team, we all know that if we don't deliver as promised, we don't get paid. So it puts everybody, you know, it, everybody levels up their game and makes sure that clients are satisfied at all times on all levels and that we follow through on our promises or else we don't eat. Right. I mean, it's that simple. And I've found people who are willing to take the gamble with me and say, you know what? I, I like, I like that game you're playing over there and I want to be a part of it because I'm a high performer and I 
you know, deliver what I promise and we share your values. And what's cool is it becomes a win-win for everybody involved if you can do something like that. And for us, you know, the number one objection typically is, well, I don't know if I want to move forward with doing any of these things related to digital marketing because I've been burned in the past, you know, and I don't know if I can afford another, you know, a couple thousand dollars for a new website. Right. I don't know if now's the right time because, you know, you're going to require 50 hours of me over the next month and I don't have it. So that guarantee for us kind of puts a sniper rifle at the number one objection we hear, you know, which is, look, we can't give you back your time, but if we don't say what, you know, if we don't do what we say we're going to do for you, and if we haven't set your expectations, if we don't exceed them, and this there's unpleasant surprises along the way, the least we could do is refund you your investment. All right. Uh, we believe it's the right thing to do. There's a lot of companies out there who offer those types of things for their clients. And we've, over the years, created a unique way to do that ourselves. And we're very proud of it. And not as you mentioned a few minutes ago, Brett, not a lot of people offer that. Right. Yeah. And it's this really simple thing to ask up front. Do you guys stand behind your work? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, why is that so, why is that so unique? That's what bothers <laughs> it should, me. It should be, yeah. We, we, we should all stand behind our work, right? Customer experience, right? I mean, that's what we're building. It's a service business, which means customer experience should be the top driver. And I know we're starting to transition right. into that. That's where right. It's going to be a differentiator, but you know, if you're a business owner, ask, it does not hurt to ask. And if ask, you're not comfortable. That's right. Always then, ask whether or not a digital marketer guarantees their work and then observe the response. And if in the rare case that they do, you'll have more confidence knowing yeah, you'll get your money back if it doesn't work out as planned or if they right. don't deliver as promised. But what's nice is if they do guarantee your work, you know that there's a higher level of quality control. There's going to be more consistency in the project deliverables. There's going to be a better culture happening over there because everybody is operating with high stakes in mind. And they're going to follow through for you more likely than another digital marketer or an agency that offers nothing. Right. And you know that you're going to have more of a shared vision too, right? Because they're that's not right. going to sign up for something they don't think that they can deliver or you don't need. So that's right. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, it's again, it's amazing that we're still having to talk about this these days, but yeah, isn't that it like is permission still... to play? Like Patrick Lencioni used to talk about, you know, core values and well, you know, the, the integrity value. It's like, well, we should all have integrity. That's permission to play, you know, right. unless you have a real reason or a really great story about why doing the right thing is, is a good value for your company. It's like, well, that's just permission to play. Yeah. Right. It's good so, for the companies that do it because it is a differentiator at, at this point still. So right. um, awesome. And I know we're running short on time, but I do want to get into your, your framework. Um, so how do you want to, so, well, tee it up for me and talk about it. And we will, we'll talk about how they can get it after the, after the podcast. Yeah. So the well. framework's really simple and it's, it's, I mean, this is kind of our, it's not even secret sauce. I mean, we talk about it, we display it on the website, but this is our recipe for success as it pertains to digital marketing. It doesn't have to be so complicated. And I think it, instead of, you know, instead of being rocket science, it's just common sense. And it seems to resonate with a lot of people. So it's another way that they could rip you off is if they don't have a proven framework. So I would ask about that. Hey, do you have a proven way that you deliver results to your clients? Do you have a proven framework, a process, a methodology? Do you have something that you have earned over the years 
that gives you confidence in your ability to deliver for your clients, right? That's all this is. Or are you winging it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or are we'll you make it up it? as we go every time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if that's the case, then they're just now they're, you're just looking at transactions. They're yeah. just, you know, you're paying them to just be busy. To and do hope some is busy the strategy work. at that point in time. Yeah, that's right. It, it lacks strategy. So what's nice about this framework is it it satisfies literally all business. You could be a business owner who just wants to update their website. This satisfies you. You could be a business owner that's want, that wants to spend 50 grand a month on Facebook ads. This satisfies you. It doesn't really matter. So it's more of like doing the right things in the right order. Because oftentimes it's chicken and the egg, right? Do we spend right. money on, on generating traffic from Facebook ads? Do we, do we do that? And a lot of business owners make that mistake before getting their house in order. It's like, well, you'd never invite company over for a dinner party if you haven't set the table yet. So True. it's important to do the right things in the, the right order. So there is like a chronological method to the madness. So stage one, step one, phase one, the first thing you want to focus on, whatever you want to call it, is your positioning in the marketplace. 9.9 .9 out of 10 companies make this mistake where they position themselves as the hero in the story versus positioning themselves as the guide in the story and the prospects or the clients as the hero. So this is, if you're familiar, I know you're familiar with, but if you're listening, if you're familiar with the book, Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller, this is what that book is all about. It's about positioning your client or your prospect as the hero in the story, entering the conversation that's already going on in the minds of your prospects and clients and positioning your company as the guide that's helping them solve their problem. But how many times do you go to a website and it's all about the company? It, the company's beating its chest. They've got their right. accolades everywhere. They've got their testimony. And what happens, Brett, is when we, we wake up as the heroes in our own life every day and we've got problems to solve. So we go in search of solutions. And when we go to a website and there's another hero, we say, oh, that's really great that you're doing all You're, you're so great. But right now I need a guide. Right. I'm the hero. There can't, there's, there's not room for two heroes in my day. <laughs> you know, I'm the hero. And this is the problem I need to solve. Are you the guide that can help me get to from point A to point, point, point B? B? No, it makes sense. So okay. if you're listening right now, go look at your website, go pull up your homepage and look at your banner and look at the words and the language you're using and how you're positioning your company in the marketplace and ask yourself, are we here beating our chest, trying to prove to everybody that we're right and we're the best? Or are we empathetically speaking to our visitors in a way that helps them understand that we see them, we know them, we understand their pain, we've solved it before, and we have a proven plan, and we can help you and give us a call if you know we can be your guide on this journey because we know how painful it can be. So stage one is positioning. You have to get your positioning right in the marketplace. And it's a, it's a very big departure, I think, from what we're all taught, which is like, oh, we've got 100%. to prove ourselves. Here's all our features and benefits, right? Here's all the things we do exactly. instead of the problems that we're solving, right? So, exactly. Yeah, and the more you focus on the problem, the more you'll win. So it's like eradicating your company's ego and it's replacing it with empathy for your client or your prospect. So that, that is a massive paradigm shift. That is the that is the tide that lifts all boats with your marketing because you could have the most beautifully designed website on the planet. You could spend a hundred thousand dollars 
and hire top designers who don't know how to sell anything to anybody. They know nothing about influence. They know nothing about psychology. They know nothing about copy and how words move people. But they know a lot about Photoshop, boy. <laughs> These yeah. people can, man, can they make their way around Photoshop? But it's not going to bring you more business. So you got to get your positioning right in the marketplace. Once that's done, that's at a very foundational level. Once that's done, you work on your presence, your online presence. So is your presence strong or not? Is your website hassle-free? Is it professional, right? Is it compatible with all the latest browsers and operating systems and screens and all these freaking headaches out there? Things evolve fast, as we all know, with technology. So is it professional online all the time? You get your positioning right. You bring that messaging strategy and the way that you talk about your company and you bring it right into the copy on your website. And are you using imagery on your website that is showcasing happy clients of yours? So many companies, they sell a service and you get to the website and you, and you, you have the front of their building and it's like, are you selling real estate? <laughs> right. What are you selling? Is it commercial real estate? Is it clean windows? Is it office, retail office space? Oh, you, you provide a service. Oh, you're accountants. I get it. It takes me too long to get there. You've yeah. got three to five seconds. So, you know, does your website pass the grunt test? Can really a caveman good. in three to five seconds understand what you do and why they need you in three to five seconds when they go to your homepage? No, I see the the chronological piece of this, right? So now you do have the positioning, now you got the presence. So is the presence highlighting and showcasing and aligning with, you know, what you're you're positioning? And if it isn't, then you've already created a doubt in the customer's mind, and you have to work twice That's as right. hard if you ever have a chance to to get that customer. That's so, right. No, nope, I right. like it. And so right. many digital marketers they offer website solutions, but they they lack the positioning component. So you pay thousands or tens of thousands of dollars for a you know three point three dot website. It's beautiful, but you're not positioned well, and people come and go. They and just it, it's a leaky bucket. Yeah, yeah. So you strengthen your positioning, then you strengthen your presence online, then you strengthen your performance. So here's what I mean by that: you have a website. You probably have some sort of a call to website, uh, call to action on your website, like contact us book a call, schedule an appointment. You know, a lot of the clients we work with, they're looking to make the phone ring more or they're looking to uh, put more appointments on their calendar, looking to book out their calendar with, with calls, with leads, they're looking to generate leads. The issue is if you have 100 people to your website and they're doing their research and they're there for the first time and they've, they weren't referred, they're like a cold prospect on your website, 99 out of those 100 people aren't really ready to go out on a date just yet. They're not even going to go on a first date right, with you. Right, right. They're not going to book an appointment. They're not going to schedule a call. They're not going to call your phone number. They're not ready. So you might have a low, what's called a conversion rate. If you have 100 people come to your website, they're brand new, they're cold, they've never heard of you. You might have one, maybe two, three if you're lucky, actually do what you want them to do, with it, which is schedule a call, book an appointment, whatever it is. So let's just say you have a 3% conversion rate. Three out of 100 cold cold audience members are on your website, cold visitors, and they, they, they do what you want them to do. Right. Well, how do we increase the performance of that website? How do we enhance the performance? What we need to do is offer them something of value. We call it an irres irresistible offer they can't refuse. 
So what interrupts their browsing experience maybe is a little guide, maybe a little PDF guide. We use nine ways digital marketers rip you off because we know our client. We know they've had bad experiences. So there needs to be some sort of a pattern interrupt on the website that says, hey, we see you, we hear you, we understand you, and here's something that we've earned over time that we know is going to help you move closer to solving this problem of yours, no matter what it is. So it's five ways, five mistakes, three things you can do to have a, you know, warm, comfortable, safe, healthy home, you know, whatever it is. Right. But But it all ties back to the value. It's got to be a value and solution of how they're the problem they're trying to solve. It's it's absolutely it's packed with value. You're giving away a lot for free here in that document. And you're doing two things. You're empathizing with them, showing them that you understand their world. You're also positioning your company as, as the guide, as the thought leader, someone who can actually help them solve their problem. So what happens in exchange for that value-packed thing, whether it's a PDF, webinar, whatever it might be, in exchange for that free thing, that offer they can't refuse, they give you their email address. Now you're following up a handful of times a week for maybe two, three, four, six weeks, whatever it is, depending on your sales cycle, depending on how long people need. And you're constantly driving them to that primary call to action, which was the schedule a call, book a call, call call our number. So what happens is you're, you're increasing the performance of your website. You're getting a handful of people out of every 100 that are doing your primary call to action, book a call, but you're also getting a lot more people. Now you're collecting a lot more email addresses. You're reaching out to them over time, taking up real estate in the most valuable place that we all have, which is our smartphones and our email inbox. And you're reminding them that you exist, right? And you're not being obnoxious. You're actually adding more value above and beyond that PDF guide or whatever it was, further positioning yourself as someone who has empathy for them and someone who is the guide who can help them solve that problem. So if you look at positioning, presence, and performance, those first three steps, that's all defense. We've all heard like a good offense is a strong defense. That's just laying the foundation. And what happens, Brett, is now you know your conversion rate. It becomes a mathematical certainty. Now you know that, hey, you know what? If we get 100 people to the site, 10 people convert into leads, on one or two levels, 10, now we have a 10% conversion rate. Now what we can do when we're empowered with that very simple data, we can then say, okay, let's move into this fourth stage. Let's move into the promotional stage. Love it. Now we have earned the right to promote our company confidently online. And what are the most lucrative marketing channels that make the most sense for us based on our business, based on the services we provide, based on the clients that we serve? Is it Twitter ads or are our people not hanging out on Twitter? Maybe it's, maybe it's LinkedIn ads. Maybe it's Facebook ads. Hey, you know what? It's not any of these things. When we pop the hood and we look at how we've generated business over the last one, two, three years, it's 90% referral. Maybe what we need to do to invest in our promotional activities is to actually come up with a referral system. Yeah, I like it. And maybe we can leverage automation to help us automate some of these communication sequences in this referral system of ours. So you gotta, you gotta have a big perspective here, right? And you gotta think outside of Google ads. 
Right. hundred percent. You know, maybe what we should do, because I'm just making this up, but Hey, you know, maybe a lot of our clients happen to be business owners that are tuned into podcasts when they commute on the train for 45 minutes, going to downtown Chicago, they listen to podcasts. Maybe what we need to do is to go ahead and guest on 50 podcasts over the next 90, 180 days or over the next year. And let's track the data. Let's pay attention to it. Let's see what happens. And all digital marketing to a certain degree is trial and error. Right. Yeah. It's you test. Yeah. It's test. It's test, 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 test. So what's nice is now you have confidence that you've laid a strong foundation for your digital marketing. Your positioning is where it needs to be. Your online presence is strong. You're, you're loving your performance because holy cow, we're actually collecting email addresses, generating leads. We're booking out our calendar for the first time. Great. So then when we move into this promotional phase, which is offense, the other three components are defense. This is now going into offense. We have to be selective about where we participate, what marketing channels make the most sense based on our own business. We're all snowflakes based on our own history and experience, yeah. what channels make the most sense. And then what we do is we test them in a vacuum. We say, okay, for the next 90 days, we're going to go off and go, you know, we're going to get on 10 podcasts in the next 90 days. We're going to track the data. It's easy to do. Right. We have transparency into all of it. And if you simplify the data, it, it's not so complicated. It doesn't give you a heartburn. It actually is really simple. Number of visitors, number of leads, conversion rate. Those are the three most important things you need to know as a business owner at all times to make informed, educated digital marketing decisions. Right. Or you take that 90-day period and say, you know what I'm going to do? I love writing. I'm a writer. Again, I'm making stuff up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love writing. I'm a great writer. I'm going to actually go ahead and contribute to Forbes.com because I think I think my audience, I think our ideal prospects are are reading the the business column there. Or you know what, Inc.com is taking control. I'm going to go ahead and do that. But you need someone guiding your thought process here and investigating opportunities with you and giving you that unbiased guidance so you can make those important decisions. And then you take it 90 days at a time, or like with Facebook, there's so many people on Facebook. If you believe as a business owner that your your guys and gals, market, yeah, 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 they're, they're they're sitting there on Facebook, and you want to run ads. Well, for a thousand dollars or for a hundred dollars, you can get the data you need in one hour. Will this work or not? Right. You know, so let's limit our exposure. Let's limit our risk. Here's what we're willing to pay for the data. It's a thousand bucks or it's five thousand bucks. We need a hundred data points. And we're going to run a campaign this afternoon. And then tomorrow we're going to pop the hood and look at the data and see how many of those visitors or how many of those clicks we got on our ads came to our website, converted into a lead and what ultimately the conversion rate was. And is that a sustainable way for us, an affordable, sustainable and predictable way for us to grow our company moving forward? Right. And yeah, a lot no. of times it's, it's closing doors. It's limiting well, risk, limiting exposure, closing the doors that don't work. And then starting to redeploy some of that marketing capital into the through the doors that do work, right? Yeah. No. Again, what I love about this is it's a simple framework, right? So I think about the number of business owners <laughs> I work with, and me included. I haven't. I'm not very. I'm not 100 on one through four, right? <laughs> I've got some gaps and buckets I need to clean up in the the, the performance aspect in some different areas. But at, what I really like is one we we talked about the how you can get ripped off. And then now you've got a framework that's super easy. You can apply it against your business. I could do this today against my business and see, 
where I'm at and I'm not going to go spend a thousand, a hundred dollars, ten dollars on promotional until I make sure I've got the other three pieces, which tying it all the way back to where we started. If you're going to work with a digital marketer, use this framework to see where you're at and what they're pushing. If they're going straight into, right, I think you should do Google ad, you know, we're going to start there. Don't, don't worry, we'll clean up the other aspects later. You're already more educated than I think all of it. I'm more educated just with this conversation that again, I, I love the idea. Keep it simple, right? Here's a framework. It doesn't, you know, demystifying it, right? Because there are a lot of people that talk about magic and those things, but uh, no. So I think Sean, this is super helpful. I appreciate you spending the time and, and educating. Um, and I know within your PDF, there's, you go into a lot more detail too. So it's there for a reference guide. Uh, we'll have it in the show notes. Um, and if anybody else, I know have really taken a lot of your time today, so I appreciate that. What's the best place for for folks to connect with you if they're interested in in reaching out? Yeah, I'm trying to be better about being on LinkedIn <laughs> a little more often. I'm not so uh, active on social media, but um, yeah, LinkedIn's a good place. And also our website, SavvyProWeb.com, spelled Savvy is two Vs, SavvyProWeb.com. Our PDF, Nine Ways Digital Marketers Rip You Off, is there. It does include a lot more you know, good content. We have a passion for literally just empowering business owners to make better, more informed decisions so they don't get crushed uh, with their digital marketing. So um, that PDF is, is is there for you. It's, of course, free. And obviously, if you ever want to book a call, our calendar is open to, you know, all of anybody who comes to our site can book a call as well with us. And we're happy to give you any of that. You know, we can spend a half hour with you and we can give you that un unbiased guidance that that you've probably been looking for and frankly, you deserve. Awesome. 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 Well, Sean, thank you again. I think we're going to have to make you a regular segment on here just because, as you know, we've talked, I'm, I'm so passionate about the digital aspect of it. this is the future. It's it's digital first. So if you don't get this part right, and I know we could have gone in probably three or four different directions and spent another whole episode. So I'll get you teed back up here before too long, but I always appreciate your time on the podcast. Hey, Brett, this was really fun. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Have a great rest of your day. Bye.